Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to another special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Each episode, exciting, thrilling, deep diving. I'm really looking forward to my very special guest today. Proud to call her a dear friend who I don't get to see enough, but we're always connected. And I'm really excited to introduce her to you my dear Soul Talk community. She is, you may know of her already, actually. She's an international recognized yoga teacher. She's a celebrity holistic health coach, author, speaker, vegan activist. Um, She's amazing. You know, her mission is to promote daily self-care, oneness, and eco-friendly living. Uh, Her book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce, uh, How to Turn Common Obstacles into Seeds for Growth. And she is fierce, a force of love. I'm proud to call her my friend and uh, Koya. Koya Webb, great to have you on uh, Soul Talk. Welcome. Uh, so good to be speaking with you today. It's this so is just making good. my heart yeah. smile. <laughs> yeah, I've been, I've, I've, been, I've been looking forward to uh, just get, getting to hang with you and catch up a little bit. And, you know, just, just actually find out more about your magic and your story and more about what you do and, and share, share it with everyone. So, you know, where I like to start is just give me a sense of, you know, give us a sense of, how you got started. I know you have a very sort of interesting background and you've been teaching yoga for a while, but you know, the way I see you, at least my perception is it's not like, Oh, you're just a yoga teacher. Just do some yoga poses. Right. I mean, I really love that you bring so much more to the, the art of yoga and living and lifestyle and self love. And so I'm curious about your journey and, and, and what got you into the holistic health field and teaching yoga and doing what you're doing now. Was there, was it always in your background? Was there a moment? Was there some pain? Like, t- tell me a bit about the journey to, to, to doing what you're doing now. Uh, that's such a good question. It's such a good question. And people are asking me all the time, like, how did you find your purpose? And, and the thing is, and what I feel like I've, I've become aware of over the last year is that I feel like we all have this collective purpose to to love and be loved, you know? And when you're living your life in love consciousness and um, you're allowing yourself to be loved, it really becomes uh, living, removing, and almost unlearning all of the fear-based thinking mm-hmm. and trauma and things like that. So for me, when I was younger, I grew, I did not grow up in a conscious place necessarily. I grew up um, in the South in Humboldt, Tennessee. Um, I did grow up in the church. So I did grow up with a connection to God, to a connection with spirit. And I definitely think that that was a great foundation. Um, and I, I'm grateful every day for my, my foundation, you know, and, you know, as a Southern Baptist country girl, because not only 
Um, did I have some connection with spirit growing up? I also was lived in the country, so I had connection mm. with nature. So I'm so grateful um, to my parents because that was a choice. Uh, my mom's family lived in Memphis, and my dad's side of the family lived in Nashville. And so we, my parents, agreed to move on some property my great-grandfather had in Humboldt, Tennessee, which is in the sticks. Wow. And, you know, most people don't choose that. They're like, oh, I want to be in the big city and and things like that. But they made that choice. And I think that choice really Mm. helped me just kind of like find, like have a solid foundation. And then from there, honestly, from there until now, I've literally been removing every ounce of fear that I've had in my life along the way. Mm. And so was there like a a moment where like, how, how did the journey start in terms of, you know, you're living sort of out there, right? Uh, on on mm-hmm. one level, a simple life, lots of love. Um, how did spirituality come into your life? Yoga and, you know, track, I, 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 mean, I remember you telling me about track and field and, 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 and athletics and fitness. But how, how did that all transition into yoga and coaching and, you know, vegan activism, lifestyle and how did that happen? Was there, uh, usually for a lot of people to get onto the transformational path, maybe there's a, there's a moment or a breakdown or a trauma or something happens or someone gets sick or they have a life-threatening incurable disease and, and they figure out, I have to heal myself and that puts them on the path. Was there something like that for you? I feel like really, I mean, you say you grew up in this loving, I mean, it was loving, yes, but it was a lot of chaos and it was a lot of fear-based thinking because we didn't have much. I lived in a trailer, you know, I drank milk, all my clothes are from the helping hand. So it was a very humble beginning and, Mm. you know, having that spiritual foundation um, as a young girl just kept me moving forward, knowing that, you know, that my my worth and value doesn't depend on how much I have. So I think that was, that mm. was a good um, spiritual foundation, but I just went to church on Sunday. So even though I was learning, you know, don't put, you know, your hopes and things. I was also, you know, every day after Sunday, growing up in mm. a fear-based um, family. And when I first got my, Case that yoga was actually in college. I was um, 22 at the time and running track mm-hmm. and field and really excelling in my career. I got a full ride scholarship to Wichita State. Um, I, you know, I had some, wow. you know, weight gains and I went down and then came back up, but I was mm-hmm. doing well, slated to win the conference, and then all of a sudden I got a back injury. I got this sharp pain in my back. And, you know, in that one mm-hmm. moment, my dreams were shattered. And at one moment, I was, I didn't know what ha- was happening. I went to the doctor and they're like, you have a stress fracture and you're out for the season. And so wow. me being a, you know, passionate athlete, I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'm putting all my hopes and dreams off, you know, going to Olympics and being an mm-hmm. athlete. And the counselor said, I should try yoga. And so at first when I went Mm. to yoga, like I think most people that start yoga, I was very intimidated. I was like, this isn't me. I don't do this. You know, what is Buddha? (laughs) Like, is that an idol God? Like, I just have all these (laughs) questions. And I Mm. felt like, you know what? I I just don't fit in here. And 
the teacher saw me frustrated in class and she came to me and she was like, Koya, I just want you to breathe. I mean, here I am. I can't touch my toes. I'm struggling. I'm probably not breathing. And once I took that deep inhale with her, I felt the connection to spirit like I'd never felt before. It was just like, oh, and I felt these chills in my body. And I was like, oh, my God, this is good. And I remember when I felt that chill before is when I got baptized as a young girl. I remember asking my parents, like, when am I going to know when to get baptized? And they're like, you'll know. And they wouldn't tell me at all. They're like, you'll just know. You'll just know. And I was like, okay. So I'm sitting there one day and mm-hmm. I feel the chills. I was like, oh, that must be the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do it. And so when I felt this connection and this, this chill in my body, I was like, oh, my God, that's the Holy Spirit. This is, I should stay here. Mm-hmm. So I stayed mm-hmm. in my yoga class. I was, I was, it hurt. I couldn't touch my toes. I remember standing on my head, feeling like my brain was going to lose out. It was painful. <laughs> And I think oh a lot of us, when we're trying something new, it's really painful and mm. it's really uncomfortable. But just because things are painful and uncomfortable, it doesn't mean it's the wrong thing. Sometimes we have to go through a bit of discomfort in order to mm. find what's truly meant for us. And knowing, you know, it's good for me. I'm like, I'm okay, let me sit with this. So after a year, and a lot of people like instant gratification. Mm. No, it wasn't three yes. months. It wasn't six months. It was an entire year of doing yoga and breath work and then I added swimming and then I added biking to really build my body and my stamina back up Mm. and after that I ended up winning the conference meet and the high jump the long jump and um, leading my my team to their first women's championship and that took a lot Mm. of work but that's how I found yoga and once I found yoga I was like oh my god yoga is my best friend Mm, wow, that's amazing. It's amazing how sometimes, you know, unexpected even challenges like this back injury, which you could have seen as a disaster and it maybe felt like it in the moment, led you to, or that pain led you to your purpose, you know, led you to yoga, led you to a life path and a calling, which is, which is really profound. You talked about um, growing up in a fear-based family, fear-based thinking, and I'm wondering, like, for those listening in who maybe feel, feel as though they are stuck in a cycle of fear. They, maybe they grew up in fear-based family, and I think it can be so hard to get out of the, the trap of fear, which sometimes gets stored in our body, uh, uh, sort of you know, hijacks our mind, and I think fear so often stops us from truly being ourselves and living our dreams and being authentic. Um, how did you break out of that fear-based thinking what was was there something that you did how did you manage the fear how did you break out of the the fear cycle how did you come to a place of just openness and and what what are some of the let's say first steps those listening in who might feel like overwhelmed by fear in moments of their lives or consumed by fear in moments of their lives what what can they do what are some of the first steps that they can take to uh, begin sort of moving out of the cycle of fear well, I have to be honest, first of all, I'm not fearless. Like, I, I don't not have mm. fear. Like, even though I mm. know how to practice, I, I'm practiced. Just, you know, it's being yeah. and dealing with fear and living in love, it's, it's a practice. And I don't mm. believe in perfection. I believe that you, you practice. And the more you practice, the more you are, the more you practice the the more in alignment you become with love consciousness, with spirit, with God, with the divine. And so for me, it was realizing 
that fear is just feedback. It's just feedback. If we take out the right and wrong of it, if you have a fear, it's feedback that there's some part in your life that needs more love, more attention, and it needs mm. to be addressed. So I see, see mm. fear as feedback. I also see fear as my friend. Like, fear is not the enemy. It's telling me, like, when you get scared, a car is coming. You're scared for a reason, so you can move out the way mm. so you don't get hit. Mm. So when we feel anxiety, depression, uh, comparison, it's just a sign that, hey, Move out the way because right now you need to address where this fear is coming from and or before you move forward. And you're going to have to replace that fear with love as you're going to move forward in a direction that's not in alignment with love. So fear is just feedback that we are headed in a place that is dangerous, that is not good for us, in a place that needs attention. And then when we give that fear attention, then we can live in alignment with love. But if we try to say, oh, I don't have any fear, we know we do. We're just lying to ourselves. We try to cover it up. We try to dress it up. We try to ignore it. But if we say, all right, I'm feeling this little bit of fear, a little bit of doubt, a little bit of worry, a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of comparison, all these are forms of fear. And that's what I learned in the Course of Miracles. Course of Miracles, I suggest mm-hmm. to everyone, it's a long, heavy read, but it really helps you boil down all these other emotions to fear and compassion and patience. All those are, are in the vibration of love. And for me, I like the simplification. That way I can really mm. understand, okay, what am I experiencing and how can I move back in a vibration of love? And so whenever fear comes up for me, I do a lot of reflecting and just sitting in mm. stillness so I can realize where is this fear coming from and how can I get loved up? Mm-hmm. And that's why I started the, my mm-hmm. company, Get Loved Up. It's love yourself, love mm-hmm. others, love the world. But mm-hmm. it starts with self-love and self-reflection I and rituals it. that help you return to love consciousness. I love it. I, I'm fond of saying that he, like true healing is you know, the application of love, applying love to those parts of yourself that are hurting or, or in pain or you know, essentially in fear. Right, and I think it's beautiful to make fear your friend. And so, uh, let's say you, you. So, in that moment where you're feeling fear, you're saying, "Take some space, have a moment, reflection, recognize it's your friend." Essentially, shifting your relationship with it and get loved up. I want to know what's the get loved up part because I can imagine people saying, "Get loved up, Koya. I don't feel like love in this moment. I, I, I have no love to give myself." I'm, I'm freaked out. I got to pay the bills, woman. You know, I, I, my, my kid's going crazy or, or, or I'm afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow. What do you mean get loved up? I'm riddled in, in, in this emotion and adrenaline and fear and it's taking over. What's the loved up part that people can do? What do they do to love themselves in those moments? How does that, how does that look? What do you do? How does that look? So it first starts with what I call a mindful mindset. You know, that mindful mindset, this will get you in the vibration of love no matter what it is, mental, spiritual, physical, however you're challenged. And that, the first, it's four steps, four or five steps. And the first step is acknowledge the fear. Acknowledge the pain. Don't say it's not there. And, you know, like you said, your example is like, I'm worried about paying the bills. Like, I'm worried about, like, that's that's a real fear. Like, hey, if I don't pay the bills, will I get turned off? That's, you know, getting my root chakra out of alignment. I don't feel secure. I don't feel safe without my home. That, that's real. Yes. And so mm. 
the first thing is acknowledging it. That's the first step because again, some people don't acknowledge it or it's unconscious and they're not seeing it. So that is the first step. And a lot of times you can have an emotion and you don't see it as good as like, I can't turn on the lights. And that's when therapy can help and a friend can help and, and writing down things can help. But so acknowledgement is the first step. And then the step number two is gratitude, immense mm. gratitude for like what you have okay you can't turn on the light but you have family and you have hopefully a job or you have gifts and talents you have your life if you are breathing the breath of life you have something to be grateful for because you are alive Mm. and if you are alive there is hope so that from Mm. that sense of gratitude anything can be birthed anything. It's just about, again, getting into this mindful mindset that can get you where you want to go. So we got, we got the acknowledgement. We got, I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for my breath. I'm with, and just, just three to five simple things. Cause you saying what you're grateful for, that's shipping your energetic vibration. We're all energetic beings. Everything in the world is energetic. So just that shift from, I can't pay the bills to, you know what? I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for the things that I do have. And just writing that down is already starting to shift your energy to love. And then mm. the third step is forgiveness. Forgiveness for thinking that as one, you are connected to everything in the planet. And that's our second pillar. So first is self-care. And the second is oneness. And oneness means if someone has, then you have. If someone laughs, you also laugh, right? So when you are in alignment with that one of knowing that there is, there has and there's have not, but you make a choice that I want to have. So how do I get in alignment with the having? Because the having is here. It is here now. And it's about us getting Mm -hmm. in alignment with it because we are choosing. And I know from growing up poor that I didn't realize that Mm -hmm. that was a choice because I was a child. I was young. I was just trying to figure it out. But we were choosing that in that moment. My parents were choosing that for, for me and my family, not consciously, unconsciously. And then when they started to choose otherwise, we ended up moving to a nice house. And, we, you know, we, we have more land and, and things like that. But it was a choice. And me seeing that transition in my family of us choosing not to live in a trailer. And it wasn't a double wide. It was a single trailer. and six people, two adults, my mom and dad, four kids, me and my three brothers. It was tight. All right. And so it was a choice. And then once that choice is made, then the steps are taken to move forward. So once you forgive yourself for having the fear in the first place and realize, how can I get loved up? And get loved up is really, I tell people to make a love bank and put everything that you love, whether it be, you know, walking your dog or going outside in nature or singing a song or dancing. Everyone has different things that just bring, bring them joy, makes them laugh, make them happy. And write those things down on 10 to 12 things on a piece of paper, put it in a jar. And when you're feeling down, pull from that jar and do something. Because again, in addition to the gratitude and forgiveness, pulling from this jar is going to shift your vibration to love. So you got the forgiveness, you got the gratitude, you got the acknowledgement. And then the next step, is set an intention because when you set an intention, like based on what you now know, how do you want to move forward? So if you can't pay the bills, what is it that in your life that needs to shift that is not working? So are you working at a job you don't like? Are you in a relationship you don't like? 
Are you, what is, because a lot of times when things happen, things are happening. Fear is happening to shift us to love. So we just have to acknowledge it, first of all, and then see, where is it that I'm doing something that I do not want, that I don't like, I don't want, and I'm not mm-hmm. in alignment with my soul's calling? Because I truly believe that if we are living in alignment with our soul's calling and we know our worth and our value, we'll be living in alignment with love at whatever level we're at. So asking yourself these questions mm-hmm. will help you answer like, okay, what do I need to be doing to make the abundance that I need? to be able to pay the bills. And then step number three is just share it. Share it with people around you. This is what I'm trying to do. You don't know where your blessing is going to come from. Mm. So sharing mm. it, sharing your struggle, acknowledging your pain, you don't know who else is going through the same pain. So that last step, mm. sharing it, is really going to help mm. you come full circle. So that is what I personally use. Um, and when you do that, mm. it really satisfies the last pillar of, you know, eco-friendly living and um, really making a difference in the planet. Like when you share your struggles, not only do you heal, you're healing the world because you, normally we are not the only ones going through struggle and pain mm. and doubt and, and fear. It's a collective energy. Yes, I love it. I love so much good stuff there. So much actionable uh, wisdom also. You know, you talked about forgiveness. Um, I think that's such an important thing to forgive, to let go, to release, to not hold on to, you know, resentments from the past and things that people may have done. And I, I always say, no, nothing and no one is worth your freedom. And ultimately, life is so short. And uh, I think many of us, Koya, we, 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 we know, we, I don't think anyone would argue about forgiveness. And we know that, yeah, we should forgive, right? I mean, it's the the, the right thing to do, the spiritual thing to do. Uh, you know, God wants us to forgive, but uh, the reality is there are millions of uh, of us walking around with grudges, with pain, with resentment from childhood and relationships and broken heartedness. And, and so how does someone go from understanding, because we can even understand, right, in our mind, okay, that happened and I forgive them, but I don't feel I'm sure you've you've you know you've dealt with this and you've heard this from, from your clients. I know I should, but I I know it's done, but I don't feel it, and they get keep getting triggered. And so, uh, what advice would you have for those that feel stuck around forgiveness in terms of true forgiveness, where they feel it in their hearts, where they where they feel it in their body, where they really have forgiven something, someone themselves. Um, Kind of refine that for me. Talk to me about that. How to truly forgive when someone's feeling stuck. That is such a a profound question because I think there's levels to it. You know, the first Mm -hmm. step, you know, is acknowledging and going through the steps like with the mindful mindset that I just told you. But then if it keeps, you keep getting triggered and it keeps coming up for you, that is a sign that the fear is still there. So there is something that I've been doing the last year, and I even got certified in breath work. Because what happens is that sometimes pain seeps into our DNA. And so, and also trauma is passed down, you know, through our DNA. And so it's really important to use spirit. And I've feel breath is spirit because we're spiritual beings having Mm -hmm. human experience. When we come into this plane, we breathe and that breath can also help us heal trauma that we've kind of stuffed down because you might say, Oh, I forgive you, but you really don't. You want to, 
but it's still yes. in your energetic body. And so when it's in your energetic body, some people like tapping, like, you know, the emotional freedom technique. And you mentioned freedom. So EFT is another way to deal with, with that, that unresolved pain or, or fear or just energy of, of resentment that can be settled in. And, you know, cause if someone wronged you, but you got to see them every day or, you know, you ended up, you know, breaking up with someone, but you see them with someone else, everything that that could be very triggering, you know? Mm, and mm, so mm. I believe doing breath work um, and things like EFT helped remove that energy of resentment and anger because it needs to be physically removed. If you're still feeling it in your yeah. body, even though your mind and your heart wants to be that just mm-hmm. shows that you are hurt on a DNA deep level and it's going to take a little bit mm-hmm. more than writing in your journal and writing some affirmations to get through with this. It's going to take and sometimes mm-hmm. um, one thing that I do is I also I learned this in my breathwork certification I write a transformational letter but sometimes we don't mm-hmm. really get we want to forgive but we didn't really get the apology mm-hmm. that we really felt we deserved or Uh, And you can give it to yourself. So with a transformational letter, and sometimes we haven't really expressed how much what happened hurt us as well. So if we didn't go through that true acknowledgement of the pain, we're just like, okay, Mm -hmm. they didn't mean it or they're going to move on. But we really didn't acknowledge, man, this took me to another level of low that I'd never experienced before. This, you know, made me fresh. So in the transformational letter writing, the first letter is, is just expressing exactly you can curse you can you can mm. say things you would never t- say to someone in person and you just write it down you get it out that is a way to get the energy of anger frustration and pain out of your body and express on paper you can even do it in notes on your phone just get it out because sometimes we don't acknowledge that that pain that really, really hurt because we want to be a good person. Mm-hmm. We want to, we want to be seen as happy go lucky or we want everyone to like yes. us. But really, we didn't express how much someone doing us wrong really broke our hearts or really made us feel bad. So mm-hmm. writing this is the first step. And then the second step is writing a letter to yourself, getting the exact apology that you desire. Mm-hmm. Because let's be real. Everyone is not going to apologize or say the things that we feel like we need to feel whole and complete and okay. They might be like, yeah, I'm sorry, but this is what I wanted and you weren't doing what I wanted. And so there it is. Life goes on. Get over over it. You know, and that doesn't work when it comes to pain. It really doesn't. And so you might need a little bit more. And again, with oneness, we are all connected. So you can give yourself spiritually what you need to heal by writing mm. sincere apology like Koya I am so sorry for the way I treated you I was being so unthoughtful and the way I addressed it I mean you write exactly not what you think they will say and if they were ever then you might not ever mm. think this the person that harmed you or the thing that harmed you you can't even I'm writing a transformational letter from the government I'm like <laughs> you know I'm so sorry <laughs> that the government is such shamble and this is your president you know I've really had to write these letters for organizations. I've written a letter for the government just so that I can not be traumatized by like what's happening. I'm a very sensitive mm. person. So it's easy for me to, to pick up, you know, pain, like collective pain as well as individual pain. Mm-hmm. And so when I feel any ounce of agitation, frustration, anger, resentment, 
I go to writing mm. and I go to writing this transformational letter and it really does work. I really do feel peace in my wow. heart and my body. And the thing is, again, I'm not perfect. I'm still not fear free. When it comes up again, I do it all over again. And I just keep doing that mm. along with breath work. And it really works for me. It really keeps me in a vibration of love. I love it. Transformational letter writing. That's beautiful. Yeah. In terms of, uh, uh, you know, you're in an industry where I guess started out in fitness, but uh, yoga, body, health, uh, and and uh, you know, I love that you're someone who you're, you're really sharing your gifts with the world and through a book and teaching and you know, lecturing and all all that you do. And um, I'm curious because I think many people deal with this for themselves. Um, this whole issue of, of of external validation, right, and comparison, and you know, uh, Instagram, I mean, you, you know, you have million followers on, on Instagram and, you know, the, the Instagramification of our culture and comparing oneself to another and like, well, she looks that way and I look this way and that body and this body. And, you know, even in yoga, I think, well, I can do all these yoga poses and you can't. And, and there's a lot of comparison that happens that I think, uh, people feel a lot of stuff around. So I, I'm wondering kind of two, two parts of the question. How do you, uh, deal with that? You know, the, the, the sort of people comparing themselves to you, you can, does it trigger your comparison, how you just find the center within yourself uh, and uh, the sense of, you know, whenever one puts oneself out there in the world, people will judge. Even if, you know, they judge Mother Teresa, they judge Martin Luther King, they judge Gandhi, they, they're going to judge us. It's going to, it's going to happen. And so I'm wondering how you, deal with people's criticism, judgments, projections on you and not let that stop you from putting yourself out there. So it's kind of two parts in one, you know, comparison um, and and also how, how you deal with people's criticism and people projecting on you and not letting that stop you. Mm. That's such a good question because I got to be honest, like I... I so I get so frustrated when when people compare mm. themselves, you know, to me to others. Because I'm like every I feel like everyone has their own gifts and talents that they're meant to yes. share with the world, and that looks different for everyone. And when I look online and I see someone, I look at you know Oprah, Michelle Obama, and just any person doing great. I'm like I'm inspired. I'm inspired, mm. and I feel that you know, that inspiration helps me move harder and it inspires me to do more and be more and speak my truth. So I'm inspired. Um, I do, I feel like I get, where I get frustrated when I have to check myself is when I feel like I'm being talked about or put down for something that I'm doing that's different from someone else. And I've had a girl say like, oh yeah, well, um, I was following you, but mm. I just don't agree with, I don't agree with what you, what you say. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I mostly speak truth and love. And this is another great influential person. I'm mm. like, mm. and it didn't even say what exactly, like, what, what do you mean? I mean, I don't agree with anything anyone says. I don't care how great you are. I mean, there's some things like, oh, I would say that differently. I would do that differently. How the heck, you know? And so it was mm. really frustrating to me. So for me, mm. I had to be like, Koya, it's okay. Everyone does not mm -hmm. have to like, nor does she have to like mm. your page, your philosophy, like who you are. 
And at first I was upset with her and now I'll be having dinner with her next week only because I can't, did she change? No. Did I tell her to change? No, I had to change how I was receiving. She was honest. And I'd rather a person be honest with me than to say stuff behind my back and never be able to tell me to my face. So I, I gave her mm-hmm. a plus for at least being able to say how she, how she felt. And it gave me the opportunity to not have to be liked and not have to have her mm-hmm. validation to love her or to be loved by her. And mm-hmm. I think that was a really um, powerful step for me personally, just to realize that yes. everyone's not going to like me. I'm going to get some negative comments. It used to crush me, though. I mean, I stopped doing mm-hmm. this for a long time because just the crushing comments. And I had a friend at the time and they would just get these really like, I mean, they were like mm-hmm. really taking the heat, like with these comments. And I'm like, man, I don't want to live this life. I do not want to be getting, I'm too sensitive. My soul is too sensitive for this, you know, but over the time I've become, I've gotten a little bit thicker skin. And I realized that my Mm -hmm. worth, my value does not depend on another person's opinion of me. I choose my value. I choose my worth. And nor does anyone's opinion or criticism of me validate me at the end of the day. Like I have to be responsible for myself. And I think especially as you said, us being thought leaders, we want everyone to kind of get us and get what we're saying and Mm -hmm. roll and vibe with us. And the truth is we're all unique and different. If I believe we're all unique and different, we all have different messages. And sometimes my message is going to trigger someone else, even a person that's speaking, you know, love and liberation and freedom. They just <laughs> might be doing it in a different way. And the way that I'm doing yeah. it might be opposite theirs. And they might feel like me speaking it in a way is, you know, just, you know, not inspiring them. And so I've really lately had to come to the point where I love unconditionally and whether a person buys with me or not, whether a person says the same thing or not. And I also think travel helps that like going around the world Mm. and seeing different cultures and how different people worship and serve. And Mm. even, even how people like um, just really recognize the higher power. Some people say God, spirit, the universe, Mm -hmm. like whatever it is, is just having massive respect and compassion for how people serve and also how people view me, like not being attached Mm -hmm. and not having my love be based on Mm -hmm. if someone loves me, like truly loving unconditionally is loving a person, whether they like you or not, whether they vibe or not. And truly me making that peace in my soul, I think it opened us up to have a deeper relationship because it's not Mm -hmm. depending on approval or validation. So at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone else should validate you but yourself. Mm, I love it. I love that you're saying that your loving is not dependent on someone else's response or reaction to you. Because I think when we do that, then we are essentially we're not free. And and and, and you're so, giving your power you know, away. Medicine. You give your power you, exactly. You give your power away. You become a slave to another person loving you or not loving you to determine how you're going to show up. And I think for me, I made a shift many years ago when I just said, you know, I am love. It's my nature to love. I want to love and I'm going to love. And kind of my philosophy is if you're in, if you stand in front of me, I'm going to love you whether you like it or not. So if you don't want to be loved, move, move, to, the si- move, 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 move to the side because you're going to get some loving, right. you know, and, and love, loving because 
uh, we are because you are committed to it is really what I'm hearing. And so, folks, as you're listening to this interview, I really want you to get what Koya is is saying. It's really powerful. It's just loving because you're committed to, to loving. That's it, regardless of what anyone else does. And I think that's the freest thing. And, and other people's opinions of you actually often have nothing to do with you. They're projecting onto you based on their conditioning and seeing you through that lens. And many times they're not even seeing you. And I think the reason sometimes maybe your friend was triggered about what you said is her own stuff. And so I love that uh, you, Koya, aren't just you know allowing someone's opinions to determine how you're going to show up in the world. Because I think if, we, if you did, we would be missing, the world would miss out on so many of your gifts. And this is beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, I'm curious, uh, I have a few, couple more questions. Uh, you know, you're a holistic health coach and, I, and there's so much uh, talk about health these days. And I mean, I love that health and holistic health is becoming much more mainstream. And there's so many schools of thought in terms of what it takes to be healthy. And you've got to eat this way, drink this thing, do this thing, exercise this way. It's got to look like this, look like this, look like that. Uh, and, and I think it can be so confusing in terms of what the hell do I do to be healthy? I don't even know. I think some people sometimes <laughs> might even get overwhelmed and, and just like, I just give up. I'm just going to stick to my, 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 my regular diet, you know, just drink, keep drinking my Coca-Cola, you know, whatever I'm doing, because it's just too overwhelming. And so what is health? What is health? How do you define health? What is true health? Uh, firstly, and secondly, what are just some simple uh, kind of tips you can give on, if someone wants to become more healthy in terms of physically, obviously you've been talking about some of the mental, emotional stuff, but if I want to live a healthier lifestyle, what are some things like simple things I can begin implementing so it's not overwhelming? Mm. Well, I feel like health, if you look at the root word, it's heal. So health is healing. Mm. And I feel that when it comes to your, your actual physical health, so nutrition and exercise is very important. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, nutrition-wise, if you look at, like, the blue zones, which are the spaces in the world where people live the longest and have the most vitality, um, they are eating a primarily plant-based diet. And that diet mm -hmm. consists of, you know, plenty of, of water and, and hydration. And the diet consists of fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. And, and, and legumes. Mm. And when you're eating a whole food diet without a lot of processed food, and let me tell you right now, I'm a foodie. So I don't have a perfect diet at all. I am a vegan. I've been vegan for 50, it'll be 15 years in March. But wow. even being that, because I do that not only for my body, but also for the planet. And I have you know, different reasons why I choose that lifestyle. But whether I am a vegan or not, and whether people are vegan, vegetarian, or whatever, keto, whatever they subscribe to, it is proven, scientifically proven, that the more you eat clean, pure, natural foods, the healthier you're going to be. And the more you eat processed foods, it's going to take away from your health. So I think the first thing that people can do, no matter what diet they subscribe to, or is one don't give up. I mean, you, you want to do, I mean, <laughs> this body is a gift, you know? I mean, yes. I, I know how frustrating it can be, but, you know, don't give up and realize that you're worth it. Your body's worth it. And, you know, your body is the house of your soul. And, you know, while you're doing all this soul work, if you don't take care of your body, then eventually 
a lot of your work is going to be taking care of your body so that you can walk, so that you can breathe, so you're not in the hospital, you know? And so you really want to not give up, but also not get overwhelmed. There is a lot of information out there. And I, for one, I, before I would be, I tried all the diets, the zone diet, the Med- Middle Eastern diet, like all these things. I'm also experienced. And if you can become a little bit lighter about it and, um, just realize it's, it's an exploration and experiment. It's a practice. I will say, mm. you know, over my lifetime, I've been in different, and even in being vegan for the last 15 years, the way my, my nutrition look has changed. And be right. okay with change. Be okay with the fact that how you're eating at 25 is not going to be how you're eating at 35. Your metabolism slows down, the environment mm. changing. If you're travel, things change. And so, like, realize that, look, it ain't no perfect diet. And it doesn't yeah. matter what I say or anyone says. You have to find out what works for you in any given moment. So what I do for myself and what I do for my clients is I say, all right, we look at how much you're sleeping. You want to sleep six to eight hours a day. You um, at least have 10 to 30 minutes of some type of movement. So walking, as simple as mm-hmm. walking. I say a mile a day. So in my, in my protocol, I say at least walk a mile a day. You can walk it, you can jog it. Or if you don't want to walk, you can't walk, you can't go outside, you can't walk around your house. You can also dance. You know, some type of movement. You can rebound. You can get on a rebounder. You can have a stationary bike. There's so many different things. But you want to get some type of movement, tai chi, yoga, whatever it is. You want to do some type of movement because that movement moves your chi energy. It moves your blood, your lymphatic system. And if you don't move it, you're going to lose it. I mean, we know that since we were younger. And so the more you move things around, the more your body can what? Heal. And our body is in a constant state of repair and reproduction. Like our cells are reproducing themselves all the time. So if they're stagnant, it's harder for them to move and reproduce. But if they're moving and if they're warm and if they're getting activated, then our body is going to recover and repair at a higher rate. So some type of movement eating unprocessed food most of the time like look i go out and eat and i go to restaurants and i eat processed vegan food every now and then but i'm not eating that every day i go out to restaurants i eat dessert pizza like everything but then most days i have a smoothie every morning i have 24 ounces of water every morning i have a big salad like kale arugula um, you know, some type of green. And then I have a veggie dish. That's what most of my days look like. But then when I want to have French toast on the weekend or pancake, I have it because it just makes me feel good. Everyone's not a foodie, but if you are, know that you can be a foodie and still be healthy. You can eat some processed food and still be healthy if you don't do it every day. So just give yourself a little bit of grace, even with the workouts. Yeah. Like I used to yeah. be like, two hours every single day because I was a track and field athlete. I was hardcore. But as I matured and I got older, other things were important. My meditation, my breath work, singing, dancing, mm. hanging out with friends, work. Like uh, I just got more mm. in my life so that that two hours, some days it's 10 minutes and then some days it's 30 and I don't beat myself up. I know what I need to do to feel my best. When I'm angry or frustrated or not feeling a lot of love, I increase my self-care time when I'm vibrating good and I'm moving throughout the day, I can have less time in the morning. But I also think it's important if you can, if you get a little bit Mm -hmm. in the morning because it sets the tone for the day. So that's my kind of like really quick feel on, on diet and nutrition. I think it's very important because we have to take care of these 
temples that we're in. I love it. I love it. Wow. Um, so much good stuff. I'm taking notes. So much good stuff there. <laughs> was, was there, before I ask you my final question, was, was there ever a time, Koya, you felt, let's say in the last 15 years, you know, on the path of teaching yoga and being in the health field and clearly, you know, you, you have experience, you've been around and, and, and you, you've, you, you've succeeded and you're, you're, you're inspiring people and, uh, and, and just sharing your gifts with the world at a certain level. And so was there a time you felt like giving up? Was there a time where you were on this path as a teacher, as a professional, right? Where you felt, wow, this is really hard. I, 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 I'm struggling. Or was there a moment like that where you, where you questioned, uh, maybe, maybe I have to do something else, or maybe this is not working. And you almost gave up. And if so, oh, yeah. tell me about that. And, and what, what kept you going? Because, you know, it can be hard being, you know, your own, your own sort of independent, you know, person and, and, and in the health field where there's so many people teaching yoga. It's not like there's five yoga teachers in, in, in the world. And, and so what kept you going? I want to give up all the time. I'm just going to be honest. Like mm. I am a mm. very sensitive soul and I get hurt easier than I want to admit sometimes. You know, I, I take mm. things personally. That's the biggest, my biggest challenge. Like, oh, you don't take that personally. It's not personal. And I always have to check myself. But sometimes, especially mm-hmm. when it's close people to me, friends, family, or like relationships, like I can get yeah. hurt and then I want to check out. I'm like, wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, I definitely um, struggle with um, suicidal thoughts. And, um, you know, and what I realize is that when you're really sensitive, a lot of people um, that are sensitive don't know how to deal with the emotions of being very hot and very cold. And what I realized mm. over time is that it's okay if you're sensitive and it's okay if your pendulum swings from like, oh, I'm on top of the world to like, I want to leave the world. Just, it's okay. Mm. Like, that is just a reality for some people. And it doesn't mean something's wrong with you. And I just want to be honest and want to speak to that's my truth. Mm-hmm. Because there were for many years when I thought, oh, I would never have a suicidal thought again. And then as life started mm-hmm. to get more intense and my book came out and then I had a crash in a relationship, I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to be here. And I'm like, dang, how did I just go from zero to 100? Wow. And, but I, I, I just sat with myself. And it was like, because you're all in, Koi, you putting it all on the line. That's why. When you're just like barely tiptoeing around doing the easy stuff, you don't have a lot to lose. When you put everything on the line and then life (laughs) pivots, it's Mm -hmm. freaking crushing, okay? And it's very for a sensitive soul. It it can be crushing to the point where you're like, okay, I just want to check out. Or I want to go to an mm. island and just sip coconut and just be cool and and not mm. make the divine purpose of trying of, of inspiring massive amounts of people and and expanding you know and all this thing and so when I feel that way when I feel mm. crushed like again um, recently my book came out last June and and you know I you know I lost a member on my team and I was just going through a lot and I I just went within. And I went into prayer mm. and went into meditation and I was like, God help me get through this time. I don't, I, I'm feeling like, and my friend, like my family is loving, my friends are loving, but sometimes when you go through a lot of blows, you, mm. 
and you have a lot of blessings as well. You don't even feel like you can really complain about how you're feeling when mm-hmm. things crash that you want it to be a, a certain way. And so I had to go within, and I am an introverted extrovert. So when I put out a lot, I need to go and recover. So knowing that about myself and knowing mm-hmm. that, you know, especially when you put out a lot, you need enough time to recover. And also when you deal with a lot of rejection, whenever I get like a lot of rejection or if I failed or whatever, I need to get loved up and I need to write about it. I need to express how I feel. So I go through the same thing that I'm telling everyone else. I do the same thing all of the time. It is a practice. I don't feel like there's going to be a point in my life when I don't get challenged, get triggered. You know, the more that you raise the bar, on your life, how you want to love, how you want to be, the more you're going to get challenged. I like to tell people to look at it as a school. Like if you go to the next grade, it's not like you're never going to have another test. Actually, those tests are going to be harder. You know, the people you're around going to be like even more at your level. And here you are elevating, elevating, elevating. And you feel like once it's going to be easy. No, it's going to be harder. The tests are going to be harder. The bar is going to be raised. And you have to prove that you have what it takes. So I'm being challenged all the time because I'm always setting the bar a little bit higher for myself and it's pain. Just like when you work out, if you're going to take that weight to the next level, you're going to be sore the next day. So I experience the pain. I acknowledge the pain. I acknowledge the challenge. I take my introverted time. I write, I read, I make the food that I like. I dance with my friends. I have a good time and I get myself back into the vibration of love and I do it all over again. But then what happens is mm. I'm at that next level. I've, I've mastered yes. that pain. I've figured it out. And I feel like we have to give ourselves grace and say, it's okay to be in pain. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to have these feelings of, you know, comparison, but just realize them, acknowledge them, give mm-hmm. yourself the love you need, and then elevate to that next level of love. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I love that despite, you know, heartbreak and disappointments and, no, just the stuff of life that you, because every time I see you, every time we connect, you are always just beaming with love. So I love that you have not <laughs> let, li- let, let life, you know, harden your heart and harden your willingness to love because it is vulnerable to love. It is vulnerable to be open. It is vulnerable to dream. And sometimes we, we're afraid to dream, as you're saying, because we're afraid, like, 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 if it doesn't happen, it's more disappointing. So if I don't open my heart, then I can't be crushed. I can't be disappointed. So I really honor, Koya, your, your vulnerability and your heart and your willingness to just go all in on life and love fully. It's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful and inspiring. Last question. Thank if there you. were, and this can just be real, three simple, just keys to the point. If you looked at your life and you shared so much and there were three key life lessons that you would pass on to the next generation, the most important things that you feel that you've learned, just one, two, three, that, that let's say your children, your grandchildren, et cetera, et cetera, what would those three keys be, the most important life lessons of Koya Webb? Mm, most important life lessons. Number one, you are loved. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. are loved. And remember that you are loved. And anytime you feel any fear, doubt, worry, anger, pain, remember that you are loved and do whatever you need to do to get yourself back in the vibration of love and out of fear, out of doubt, mm-hmm. out of worry. That's number one. Uh, number two, realize that you are worthy 
and deserve the best mm-hmm. life has to offer. You know, because mm-hmm. in this life, there's a lot of chaos going on. There's also a lot of beauty going on. And I do believe that believing that you are worthy of the best things life has to offer is something that I always tell myself every day. And it's something that I will always tell my children, my nieces, my nephews, my family, is that we deserve the best life has to offer. Because there are many years that I went, I was like, oh, that's not for me. or I don't deserve that. Or that's for someone else. When the second pillar is oneness, and if if someone else has, I have, you know, even if I don't have it, I can enjoy someone else having it as well. So be able to not only know that you are worthy, but if someone else has something that you don't have, realize that that's we're in oneness. We all are experiencing um, growth and family, and um, you know, if someone invents something, we all get to benefit from it. So realize yes. something, yeah. you know, and that gets you out of that comparison game and, and having jealousy mm-hmm. and animosities. You realize if someone else is doing something, it is proof that it can be done. That's a beautiful thing. So number two mm-hmm. is just like really honing on a oneness and realizing, you know, you, you are um, you are worthy of every all the good things life has to offer. And then number three is that you know, in this world, we have one. We have one life. Some people believe we have many lives. So no matter whether you believe we have one or many, like let's do the best that we can to really uncover our gifts and talents and share those with the world. Because I do believe that is what's really going to make the world a better place if we all just uncover our unique gifts and talents and use those gifts and talents um, to bless the world. Um, those are the things that. That, that I would have to give. I love that. Folks, you heard it. Three key wisdoms, powerful key wisdoms and life <laughs> lessons from the amazing Koya Webb. Koya, you're amazing. We don't get to see each other enough. But listen, I just have to say, if you're ever going through one of those challenging times, Koya, you need to call me. I'm there for you because <laughs> you are you. truly a, a, a beautiful, and I mean that you are just a beautiful human and soul. And, you know, I hope everyone listening in, you're inspired by this woman, her gifts, her, her sharing, her knowledge. You've called so gen- uh, generously to all of us, the Soul Talk community. Uh, what's the best way people can find out about what you're up to? What's the best website? Best website is koyaweb.com, K-O-Y-A-W-E-B-B. Um, you can find all of my information, my retreats, uh, my online courses, my book. Um, I just launched a new protein shake um, that I can't wait mm. for you to try, by the way. Um, you can find all <laughs> nice. that stuff at Ko- koyaweb.com. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Folks, koyaweb.com. We will put uh, that link in the show notes. I want to encourage you all to check out what Koya's up to, her, her retreats, her book. And, you know, I'm waiting for this protein shake next time I see you. I'm looking online right now. <laughs> vanilla, v- v- van- vanilla protein with Moringa. I want some. Yes. That's it. <laughs> uh, it's yes, on Amazon. I, Free shipping. <laughs> I see it. Free shipping. Folks, you heard it. Check out koyaweb.com, folks. I told you this was going to be an inspiring interview. Uh, I would love you to just email me, coopblackson at coopblackson.com. Let me know your key takeaways from today's show. Um, let me know what inspired you, what's stirring inside you, and, what, and how you're going to apply what you learned in your life. Make sure you download this episode, post on social media, share it with everyone you know so they can get loved up too. Sending you much love, everyone. Big hugs. Thank you for coming on Koya. Much love. Thank you. 
If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.